We have almost forgotten that we are in a great mortal combat. The battle of the forces of good and the forces of evil. Today we are beginning either to domesticate the devil or else to deny him. God's definition of himself is I am who am. The devil's definition of himself is I am who am not. He is most powerful when he is denied. Welcome to Wednesday War College. My name is Jesse Romero. We're, we got Dr. Dan Schneider. I think we're going to be having also um, uh, Kyle Clement. He'll be calling in. Just want to just remind you that uh, the month of July is the month that we honor the the most precious blood of Jesus Christ. It's not a coincidence that it falls right between June's devotion to the Sacred Heart and also August's devotion to the Immaculate Heart of Mary. So June is an ideal time to connect our devotion to Jesus and Mary and a deeper gratitude for the bond that they share as well as to heighten our connection with the blood of Jesus Christ in the Holy Eucharist. Try to go to Mass as often as possible. Try to receive as many Holy Eucharist as you can before you die. This is Wednesday War College. We're going to continue talking about a, a topic that it's, uh, it's gathered a lot of interest. People want to know how to use Father Ripperger's prayer book. It's called Deliverance Prayers for Use by the Lady. And a lot of people are, are asking questions about the particular prayers, the do's and don'ts. And so we're going to continue talking about how to use the these prayers properly. And we're going to pick up on page 24 because that's where we ended off. We ended off hey, on page 24. Start, yeah. yeah. Hey, Jess, before we welcome. start, I want, to throw, I want to throw something out there. Sure. All right. So last night we went to... Uh, uh, some of you are living in beautiful states, red states, states that uh, have outlawed abortion. Some of us, unfortunately, are now the recipients of uh, your nuclear garbage that's showing up at our doorstep now, wow. setting up abortion clinics. So mm -hmm. went to a, we went to one of those uh, nuclear garbage sites last night and uh, uh, for for a little protest rally, uh, support rally um, to, to counter back. And, and again, the, the questions keep coming up for pro-lifers. Uh, I can just tell you from my experience working in sessions, working with the, the former rite of exorcism, you start getting projections of the diabolic and evil, et cetera. This is a battleground. So if you're going there, um, this is not this is not where you go to express your political ideology. Uh, this is where you do battle with the evil one. This is going after the very the Eucharistic, so you know, the diabolic, I put it in, in quotes, Eucharistic heart of the evil one. And so when you're doing battle at, at, at the pro-life, uh, um, at these pro-life, for, for pro-life at these abortion clinics, know that that this is the blood sacrifice of the evil one. So prepare yourselves, treat this like you would treat, a, like we would treat a, a formal exorcism or, or a minor exorcism session. Pray prayers of protection beforehand, prayers of perimeter around yourself. Okay, Pray so walk us through it. Go slow, Dan. Walk us through it because people yeah, we'll, write we'll, stuff yeah, down. Eventually, we'll get to that prayer, but this is. But I think it's on page thirty-seven. Okay. Um, the prayer, uh, um, or perimeter prayer. This prayer, you could really, if you're, if you're doing any at all, this is page thirty-nine. We'll get to it probably next week. Yeah. But this perimeter prayer is something you should pray for your family every day. But specifically, when you walk up, you have authority over your own perimeter. You are philosophically suri juris. You are your own judge. So you have imprecatory 
complete spiritual authority over where you are. So if you're out in front of an abortion clinic, you should be praying that prayer of protection beforehand, doing the prayer we, we talked about last week, the, the, the uh, St. Patrick's um, or the Carmelite shield or the St. Patrick's shield. Um, th- those are great prayers to pray. So I would do one or all three, for sure the perimeter prayer, because we get good feedback from pro-lifers saying that this prayer works. The Satanists are showing up. We have people driving by with weapons, wearing, wearing uh, military-grade uh, uh, helmets. We had hecklers. And so we formed a line uh, of, of, of people standing between us and the hecklers while, while these, these, these pro-life speakers were giving their, you know, uh, the rally cry. Um, but these people, some of the most vile blasphemy you're ever going to hear is coming out of these, these, these mostly young people's mouths. So praying that prayer of perimeter protection, praying of uh, uh, the St. Um, Patrick's and the Carmelite shield, these things, th- these things are very important. Pray those prayers beforehand. Now, the first thing that somebody asked me when we got there was, a well, was, was somebody that says, hey, can we go put St. Benedict medals at the abortion clinic? That would be similar to, to, to somebody you know, walking up to, to the, the command general's car a hand grenade and then running away and blowing up you know that's fine that works but they're gonna they're gonna catch that person on video going hey wait a minute i know who this one is and so you just don't have the authority who can do that they ask me well the the property owner whoever the landlord is the whoever the tenant is of that property they have the right to do that but if it's not your property uh, i would i would recommend avoiding that again this is the long grind spiritual battle we're going we're entering into trench warfare in certain parts of the country on on abortion so so you be careful that you don't fall into either superstition or trying to circumvent the process far better to offer up your prayers standing in the heat for hours holding up signs Taking taking the the verbal abuse and offering up for those souls. You know, somebody else asked me. I live right around the corner from there, and and I had an abortion. It really triggers me now that the abortion clinic's coming in near my house. I said, "You're offering up your shame. You're offering up your guilt. You're offering up your pain of your abortion. Offering all of that up is worth more than a hundred uh, protesters standing outside. Go start going uh, uh, guerrilla warfare against this stuff, and that." of suffering, but also being very specific in your prayers. Because remember, three rules of engagement. The demon will yield or not yield according to three things. Number one, does this person have requisite authority? Number two, what is the state of marriage? So if you're contracepting uh, and you're out there standing on the street corner militating against the ultimate abridgment against the generative act, you're going to be a target. So you got to make sure that the merit, your merit of the prayer, the depth of your state of grace, of your holiness makes, makes a big factor on the impact. That's what makes the round plus P. That's what makes the round have greater impact uh, of stopping power, as they say in law enforcement, right? What did you guys always complain about the nine mil? It didn't have stopping power. You always hear about the stopping power. That's why I carry, you know, the dirty Harry, whatever. But, but the plus P rounds, the powerful rounds come through the state of merit. And finally, specificity in prayer. So what is the rule of engagement? I mean, the first three, three rules of engagement. What is the record? Does this person have record authority of the person, place, or object? What is the state of merit, the state of grace, the depth of holiness of the person, the petitioner? And finally, what are they asking? This is what the demon will either yield or not yield according to these three things. Work within these rules, and you'll be very safe and effective in your, in your, in your militancy against evil. So, so again, we're talking about here number three, specificity in prayer. That's why we're going over this handbook uh, or this prayer book. But being specific in your prayer is very important. Pray the prayer, the shield prayers, 
Uh, there's a reason they're called shields, right? This is this is weaponry imagery coming right from St. Paul in Ephesians 6, or even the Psalms. God is my shield, my rock, my armor bearer, right? Um, uh, so so going in there prayerful, but being specific. Got it. Hey, let me check if his, hey, Kyle, are you on? Kyle Clement, are I'm you on? on? Kyle Clement, welcome, welcome, brother. Hey, let me uh, hey, let me let, let me let you let me let you jump in here. Kyle, on page 24, this is where we left off last time. There's a prayer you had mentioned about where it says, uh, the prayers, it says another form. I completely and utterly reject with the full force of my will. You had said last time we were together that this is ejaculatory prayer. This should this prayer should be on our lips throughout the day. I want to go through the next prayer. It's called Prayer for Protection Against Curses harms and accidents it seems to be a deprecatory prayer when would that be used so i think that you you bring up something that is very very uh popular in the in the discourse today and that is curses hexes and spells and so this is active evil coming against you um and so this has been there's some type of malefice it's coming against you people are all time all the time wanting to know how do you break the curse Breaking the curse is not as important as correcting the vulnerability, which allows the curse to um, to penetrate or to have effect. Again, uh, like Dan said, this is Ephesians 6 theology, um, talking about the armor of God. St. Paul goes on to talk about the fiery darts. Um, they will not kill you. It doesn't mean that they won't have an effect, but they won't kill you. They won't be mortal. Um, they they won't result in, in death, so to speak. And so to correct the vulnerability, now while we're on the curses, and we'll swerve back in here again, it says, I ask thee to protect my family from sickness and from all harm and from accidents. If any of us has been subjected to any curses, hexes, or spells, I beg thee to declare these curses, hexes, or spells null and void. If any evil spirits have been sent against us, I ask Christ to decommission you and ask that you be sent to the foot of his cross to be dealt with as he will. Then, Lord, I ask thee to send thy holy angels to guard and protect all of us. Number one, it is deprecatory. Number two, it has some very uh, specific elements. Um, so listen to the language. It's a legal, legal language. I declare these curses mm. to be null and void to have no effect. And then it goes on in the next line to talk about decommission. So there's an insight here as to how evil spirits work, how curses work, is there is a commissioning, there is a sending, there is a, mm. the, the demon that is working under a curse is not autonomous. He's not going there because he thinks that's an opportunity. He's being sent there. He's being sent there by a human agent and he's allowed to work because there is a sin. There is a defect. The most common one of these that we see is family members cursing each other. Unforgiveness, wow. hatred, resentment, en envy allow that curse to penetrate, allow it to be effective. There are, there are communities, and it's not unique to South Texas, but that's where I'm familiar with it. There are uh, what we call Rothschild Here's the reference. Kyle, hold that thought. Hold that thought, my friend. Let's continue. We'll pick it up on the other side. 
War College, Wednesday War College, Dan Schneider, Kyle Clement, we're talking about how to use the, the prayers in Father Ripperger's book. We'll be right back. Stick around. We're back Wednesday War College. Uh, we lost Dan Schneider. He's calling in right now, but we got Kyle Clement on the line. We're talking about how to use Father Chad Ripperger's prayer book of Deliverance Prayers for the Lady. On page 24, Kyle is explaining how we use the prayer called Prayer for Protection Against Curses, Harms, and Accidents. It's a deprecatory prayer. To me, Kyle, it seems like it's a good prayer for mom and dad, especially if... Uh, if people within your family are involved in the occult and they've probably been cursing you, right? That's precisely right. And when we see these um, in cases of extraordinary diabolical activity, what we find is oftentimes both sides are cursing each other. Uh, we've had more than one incidence where there was what we call a Rothschild curandero. The reference is to the Rothschild family who used to sell arms to both side of a both sides of a conflict. They would sell weapons and, and munitions to both sides in a war. Well, in certain villages and towns, you've got one powerful uh, curandero who is being commissioned by both sides to curse each other, mm-hmm. and so uh, she or he um, do do this they do the malefices necessary now mechanically here's what happens is you go to a practitioner of the dark arts who is in league with a principality class demon they've set themselves up as uh, opposite a bishop so they control a geographical area usually a principality class demon or greater commands lesser demons what is the coin of the realm is blood sacrifice. Mm-hmm. And so every abortion, every suicide, every untimely death is counted uh, coup, if you will, by the demon. And the greater demon or the more powerful demon um, in conscripts or forces the lesser demon um, to exacerbate or to uh, carry out uh, the curse to visit the physical malady, et cetera, et cetera. Now, the curse, once loosed, will travel until it finds purchase. And so what that means is that it, if, if you're cursing a holy person, it's going to come back on the person who did the commission and the curandero or the sorcerer or the wizard or the witch or whoever is in league. Now, that's a, that's a lot of information very quickly, but that's the metaphysical mechanics of how a curse is commissioned and works most powerful curse being an ex carne curse, meaning involving a piece of flesh. That's a lot out of this one prayer. But you get the legal understanding, create, you know, uh, make them null and void, decommission, et cetera, et cetera. You listen to the language. But what's not being said and needs to be said is what is the vulnerability that allows your family to suffer under this curse? Mm, got it. Wow, that's that's a pretty thorough explanation. Kyle, let me ask you a question, and, and Dan was talking about this before you came on the show. There's a lot of Catholics, obviously Catholics and Protestants, people of goodwill, people of faith, that are going out there and praying in front of uh, uh, some of the remaining abortion clinics and some of the some of the blue states, and some of the even some red states where they uh, they're still closing down. Um, Dan said that some of the prayers that people should be praying to go out there to protect themselves. 
He said the Carmelite prayer is a very good prayer to pray for protection when you go out there. He said the St. Patrick breastplate prayer, another very good prayer to pray before you go out to an abortion clinic. Then he said when you're there to do the perimeter prayer uh, to, so you can be protected in the space that you're standing in. Is there anything that you want, would want to add to that or modify? No, I think Dan's pretty thorough in that. This is suiting up, if you will, for the conflict. You got to understand that you're coming into, uh, you're coming into an open conflict. You're going to be there's going to be an open conflict and confrontation with the Satanists. Um, you're going against their sacrament. You're going uh, against their the the very heart, if you will, the dark heart uh, of their religion, which is um, offering human sacrifice. They may not know that. They don't have to know that. The demon still uses it. Blood is blood. And so in these sacred blood prayers, and, and uh, we're ultimately calling on the ultimate blood, the purest of blood, uh, the blood of Jesus Christ. Amen. And so this is a blood war. It's a blood. It, 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 this is exactly what's happening. And so the demon is trying to get us to spill innocent blood, human blood, misuse the life blood, misuse the life force. Um, that is uh, creation. And so please see the please see the correlation between all misuses of blood and of flesh, including uh, COVID vaccines and other vaccines which use these sacrificial victims in whole or in part. The last comment that I want to make on praying in front of the abortion clinics and, and talking about right to life. You always and everywhere have to keep the big picture, and that is it's about the conversion of souls. Mm. Stopping the sacrament simply stops the sacrament. It drives these people underground. It will not stop sacrifice. It stops the public celebration of it. I will ask you this. If, if um, certain prelates have their wish, which is to destroy the liturgy, if Mass is outlawed, well, it, it was outlawed during COVID. Masses yeah, didn't right. stop. They did not stop. Abortion, blood sacrifice, human sacrifice, the letting of blood, the letting of curses, witchcraft, sorcery, all of these things that militate against God will not stop. You can shut down every abortion clinic in the United States. It's not going to make it stop. The most powerful prayer is to pray there, but pray for the conversion of the souls the light of Christ. Lord, let them see themselves as you see them. And this is for the practitioners, the purveyors, those who promote uh, this sacrifice of the innocents. Ultimately, this is about souls. Amen. That's uh, good intel. Thanks a lot, Kyle, for uh, that information. That, that That's very, very helpful for a lot of the pro-lifers that are listening to the show right now. There's another prayer there on page 24. It's called Prayers for Breaking Curses of the Occult. I'm pretty sure it uh, it does the same thing or it's used for the same purpose as the prayer right before that you identified, correct? Kyle, are you there? I'm on with you, Jess. Yeah. I'm on, Jess. Oh. Sorry. Okay. Dan, prayers for breaking curses day, of the... Man. What's that? I know. Have an outstanding yeah, uh, day. The, the, uh, the, the, the enemy's playing tricks with our phones here. Doesn't want you guys to come on. There's a there's a reason that the the, the symbol is an apple with a bite out of it. Uh, there you go, uh, precisely. Yeah. So on page yeah. twenty four, there's a prayer called prayer for for breaking curses of the occult. 
on the bottom of the page, I'm assuming it has the same uh, particular force or, or efficacy as the prayer right before that you guys described, right? Right, yeah. The one before is a good one to use. Uh, um, again, the pro-lifers out on the street uh, doing any work in the ministry, uh, particularly anything that dealing crossover with the diabolic. That one specifically, the one previous, talks about protection for your family. If you're active at all in any of these types of ministries, you need to be praying that prayer for your family. The next one is is um, the like last night after after standing there with a sign over my head for two hours, uh, blocking the vile signs of of, of the pro death uh, 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 Satanists that were standing back there. Um, I prayed this prayer with with some of my team members. We prayed uh, um, the prayer to break curses in the occult because. You know, when you're out there on the street corner, people are, are flashing all sorts of satanic symbols at you, et cetera. So um, this one is used to to break various types. So this one gets a little more specific. Uh, curses, packs, spells, seals, hexes, vexes, triggers, trances, vows, demonic blessings, uh, any other demonic bless. You know, so now when you're dealing with people uh, or, or places or ministries, uh, apostolates that are that are overlapping with the diabolic, you include that there. And and the thrice or the three times, oftentimes the Satanists will put a threefold uh, a lock or threefold seal on certain curses. And so uh, working, uh, doing them, praying these prayers three times will, will, off, will help to offset that. We've seen cases of possession, for example. Dan, you know, Dan and Kyle, it's not uncommon these days. When a Catholic goes out in public, uh, you know, to go pray or do uh, or, or or be involved in some type of apostolic work, that they run across Satanists and witches. I mean, it's it's very open right now. You, you don't have to go looking under bushes or, or or looking, you know, underneath beds. So this. Hey, prayer, I think I'm. Am I on again, Jess? You're on. You're on. Yeah, you're on. All right. Yeah, I yeah, got so video my, too. Yeah. So my question Good is, stuff, man. my my Dan. So my question is, this prayer. Uh, for breaking curses of the occult, for example, you know, if you're going to go to a state capitol, you know, there's going to be witches and Satanists that are going to be there protesting against pro-life legislation. This would be a good prayer to pray to protect yourself as you enter the state capitol, correct? Absolutely. You have no authority on the state capitol. You have no authority to consecrate that. You have no authority to put 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 uh, St. Benedict medals in the state capitol. You have authority over yourself. You should be you, you would you would, you know, hit yourself with holy water, your loved ones. Um, cover yourself with sacramentals, but but this is one that you would do because the Satanists are out there hammering these these public places with curses, cursing any pro life. I mean, any any pro life uh, state senator, any pro life con- you know congressman or woman, uh, cursing uh, anybody that's going to militate against their their beloved sacrament of abortion. So so yeah, this is a, this is a great one to pray to kind of it's kind of a it's kind of a catch all uh, way to, to 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 militate against curses. And uh, Kyle, are you there? Yes. Yeah. What about the next one? It says on page 25, on the top of the page, it says another form. Jesus, I ask you to bind any evil spirits associated with any and all evil curses, packs, spells, seals, hexes, vexes. So that that next one, it's basically just like the two the two right before it. It's it's used for the same type of purpose to for protection against uh, the occult. Correct. That is correct. There's a I look for un, unsaid uh, language that may be not included. Dan is is quick to point it out. Um, Father's quick to point it out. 
Um, and that is in this line where it says, are any other demonic bondages sent against blank or myself? Mm. Uh, you better have authority over blank. You, you better have authority by the natural law, by the divine positive law, by the ecclesial law. You better have authority over whoever that person is you're about to name. And understand that bondage or ligature is a two-way deal. It, it's, uh, uh, in order to be bound to a demon, there has to be a vulnerability. If you don't address that vulnerability, then the binding is going to have minute effect, if, if at all. Got it. So that that prayer was uh, is basically within the same framework or the same type of prayer as the ones before the prayer of breaking curses of the occult and the prayer for protection against curses, harms, and accidents. Those three prayers really are connected, correct? They are connected. This another form prayer though has a line in it, almost a throwaway line um, that is uh, is is in here for a reason. It makes it different, and it says. Um, I ask thee to bind all evil spirits separately, separately and individually, mm. and break all seals. And so, breaking of seals is means that means that there's going to be a ritualistic element. It's going to be a repetitive element, and often the seals have to be broken in a repetitive way. So, if I want there you are to, seals, I want you to explain the seals on the next segment. People are going to ask, "What is this? What are these seals?" Wednesday okay. War College, Jess Romero, Kyle Clement, Dan Schneider will be continue talking about what are these seals that we're supposed to break in prayer. We'll get- Wednesday War College. By the way, if you like if you like the show, you can support the show by sharing the full show link at vmpr.org, vmpr.org. You can also find us on social media at VMP Radio, at VMP Radio. We also got a YouTube channel. channel is called Full Sheen Ahead, Full Sheen Ahead. You can share this program or these shows with your friends and evangelize everybody you love because these questions are recurring questions and they're only answered here on Wednesday War College. We've got Kyle Clement and Dan Schneider these are two uh, two uh, two uh, laymen that work uh, directly with Father Chad Ripperger. In my opinion, they're the most literate Catholic laymen in the world when it comes to spiritual warfare. It's a blessing to have them on on Wednesdays just to be able to pick their brain. They're like encyclopedias. We're going through Father Ripperger's book and we're looking at the different prayers. Kyle, on page 25, the prayer that says on the top page, another form, it has this language that some of the other ones don't have. It says, uh, and any other demonic bondage is sent against you. But then specifically it says, I ask you to bind all evil spirits separately and individually and break all seals. What does that mean? Okay, so a seal means that there is a specific demon there for a specific purpose through a specific malefice. And so in this case, he is empowered uh, to be more present to the individual, um, meaning that uh, there is a specificity to what he does, how he does it, and then the psychological compatibility uh, with the human whom he is afflicting. And so oftentimes, that's a lot of information, so let's unpack it just a little bit. So oftentimes what happens is um, a demon is sealed to a person 
through, first of all, through uh, a malefice done by a witch, a sorcerer, or it can be done by the person themselves. And so this is a pact. This is, there's a formalness to this. Um, this is not something that occurs over time through habitual mortal sin. This is the exchange whereby the politician says, um, in exchange for power to get elected, I'm willing to do whatever it takes. This is one of the reasons that we're seeing the visceral reaction to this sacrament is many of our politicians are defending abortion and, quote, the right to sacrifice another human because that's part of their deal. That is part of their pact for power. That is part of how they stay in power. The coin of the realm on the diabolical side is sacrificial blood. And so a seal means that there is a specific demon associated with the particular hex, spell, curse, whatever it may be. One of the ways that you find that you're uh, suffering from this is if you are tempted to um, a particular sin, this temptation takes on almost a supernatural quality. It's almost impossible um, to to dispel the temptation. Not impossible, but it, it will seem that way. So you'll have to call on uh, God or one of the saints, um, one of the saints who bested this demon in life. And so this is, uh, for instance, Catherine of Alexandria is the nemesis for the noonday devil or Achadia. And so um, you... You, you find these relationships, but this is what it's talking about by spells. And so this is going to be something that's going to need to be a little bit more formalized. This prayer seems fairly innocuous and fairly innocent, but just in a few lines, it is very, very powerful. Got it. Dan, any comments? Yeah, yeah. So, so again, Kyle emphasizes uh, that it's the, it's, it's the ritualistic element. You're not dealing with just some kooks uh, or some amateurs you're dealing with very, uh, um, very systematic, very knowledgeable, leveled up uh, in, in, in the occult world. And they level up by doing deeper and deeper, more deviant, uh, more macabre um, and drawing more blood um, to gain more power. And, and you get to a certain level, you can now um, uh, in a dark realm, script uh, a demon so this helps to undo that. You know, I, I just assisted a, a priest um, at a desecrated uh, statue at a parish, and um, it was kind of obvious by the markings that the, it was it was probably amateuristic. But you still go through the process just in case um, to make sure there was there was nothing uh, there was something more ritualistic done um, in this manner. And so you there's a certain uh, re returning of order by undoing the seals, but know that in the seals, through these seals, to the ritualistic element, we refer to it as uh, as uh, interactive diabolic activity. A two-way street is 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 given, and the vulnerabilities to these to these types of curses is going to come through any unholiness in our lives, any unforgiveness, um, any 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 sin that you're holding on to. As Kyle talks, the, the the little sins are the big deal often overlooked. So little things that seemingly innocuous, unforgiveness, seemingly innocuous. Uh, inability to stop detracting your 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 neighbor, these things become vulnerabilities for us. In addition, of course, to to any mortal sin. If you're if you're out there trying to do battle and you and you don't have a and, and you're not in a state of grace, you're you're going into battle naked with, with you know with a with a stick in your hand. You got no shield, you got no armor, you've got no power, you've got no armament. So um, that's what makes a vulnerability. But this is a systematic way to undo um, the three 
threefold. Again, the thrice, you know, we think three is sacred and holy because our God, our God is a threefold God, three persons and one one God and three persons. So this is going to be an unholy uh, mockery of the threefold God. Another question on page 25, that middle prayer, it says breaking occult ties. Is there anything different about this prayer than the other three that you just explained, Kyle? Breaking a cold time. Yeah, I'm going to recommend that you do not use this prayer. But general laity, do not okay. use this prayer. Here's why. Is Let's go through it. In the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, through the merits of the Most Holy Virgin Mary, through the intercession of St. Michael the Archangel, the Holy Apostles Peter and Paul and all the saints, I ask thee, God the Father, to break every occult tie of black magic, sorcery, curse, etc., between the foul spirit. Now you're naming a demon. And the person. That's the linkage. So this is, while it's deprecatory, it is right on the edge. You're, you're asking this to be broken between you're naming a specific demon, a specific person, and it's not you. Your mm. authority had better be rock solid, airtight, and the person needs to want this broken. They wow. need to be praying this. This prayer is very, very uh, dangerous. Uh, I ask thee to bind every power of this spirit and command him to leave blank and go to the foot of the cross. This is right on the, the edge of that um, deprecatory license, if you will, because you're naming demons, you're naming the human that's, that is specifically being afflicted, and that human's will may not be requisite with that. When can this prayer be used? This prayer may be used by fathers over minor children, and fathers over their wives, husbands over their wives. Very, very narrow usage on this one. Huge recoil on this this weapon. A tremendous amount of recoil. Also, the language that in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ and through the merits of, and then this uh, listing, uh, Blessed Mary, uh, Ever Virgin, or, or Blessed Mother, uh, St. Michael, Saints Peter and Paul, this is the opening line to the Confidior. Uh, in the old hmm. form. This is the traditional confidior, the opening line. Um, and so if you've got any little bit of sin, if you've got any kind of uh, thought, even of hatred toward the diabolical, this thing, this is, there's a lot of violence, flash, there's a lot of flash in this, in this prayer um, that, that someone may not realize. And we are under the mistaken impression that if we have good intentions, we will somehow be in, in, uh, protected. And that simply is not the case. Dan's got some good intel on this as well. But this prayer is right on the edge of permissibility as far as the deprecatory form and a very, very narrow usage. I think this is the weapon you use only in your own home. Got it. But, uh, but you said that a person can pray this over themselves all day long, obviously, right? Correct. Dan, you have any uh, any comments? Yeah, yeah. But when you're specifically naming naming the demon can be done um, when you when you have when you when you know it's operant, but having the authority and having no ligature. So if you're if you're trying to bind a demon afflicting a child of some sexual disorder, and you you yourself have sexual disorder in your marriage, um, that's not going to work because this is high flash. Think of high flash as as you know we're you know I was a, I was a, a an attack helicopter pilot. I'm, I'm surveying the battlefield. I'm working with the grunts on the ground and I'm trying to identify the bad guy. They're trying to call in fire and I'm and I'm just hovering at low level. They can't reach me, but I can see them. High flash means I see a flash, a muzzle flash out of the wood line. 
and that identify that, and then I can go out after him. So, so the enemy sees this flash. This is a fairly high flash, as Kyle says. This, 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 this will, this will draw the draw some some fire. So make sure you're you're air airtight, rock solid tight before you pray this one. It's very very effective. But it, it, again, those three rules of engagement, which the enemy does not want us to learn. Does this person number one? Does this person have reckless authority over the person, place, or the object? If they don't have the authority, then that that then. Uh, or and then number two, what is the state of merit? You might have the authority, but if you're not in the state of grace, or or it's loose, or there's some ligature, financial or otherwise, um, that could be very dangerous. Got it. A, a better, a milder form. I just got an email from from a, a very faithful priest who 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 was who who was uh, um, advised a, a prisoner or another prisoner that he knows um, to to follow the the one two punch. Okay. Uh, that Father Ripperger has put forth, and we use it all the time. And it's for parents to do a simple binding prayer. In this case, the priest says that there's somebody who was having an unholy attraction, you know, a spirit of Cupid, unholy attraction. They had an adult child that was praying or had this just unholy relationship. So the parents start praying for, uh, um, you know, Lord, we ask you to bind the spirit of Cupid or any spirits of unholy attraction between my child and and uh, and anyone else. And we have, and then the light of Christ prayer, which which Kyle has written, and it's a beautiful prayer. And I get more feedback from the light of Christ and the judo prayer than anything else. So you you push the demon back with a very simple and safe deprecatory prayer, and then you insert the light of Christ. May the light of Christ be upon my child, that they see themselves as the heavenly Father sees them, and I see them as the Father sees them. May the light of truth be upon my child. May the light, you know, that they, that they be illumined in truth, that they would assent to the truths of the Roman Catholic faith. So you, you do a burst of rounds downrange to push push the enemy back, and then you and then you send in the Hueys or the Blackhawks to extract. That's kind of the logic behind that. This does this, but with, with, with napalm attached to it. Good stuff, good stuff. Wednesday War Caller, Jess Romero, Dan Schneider, Kyle Clement, we'll continue talking. I want Dan and Kyle to answer this question. People are texting me. Does God hate the devil? Wednesday War College, Jess Romero, Dan Schneider, Kyle Clement. We're talking about all things spiritual warfare. Specifically, we're going through the prayers written by Father Chad Ripperger so people can know how to use them. So we're showing people how to use this uh, weapon of mass instruction. Uh, Dan, Kyle, uh, I got a few people texting me. They're saying, hey, well, you got these guys on the line. Ask them this, a, a question that a lot of people have been emailing. Does God hate Satan? Does God hate Satan? Anyone of you want to take a stab at it? I'm going to I'm going to pass this to Dan for the first sal- salvo and and from the language standpoint because our Lord even uses the word hate must hate your father and mother uh to follow me. So let's let Dan give us some language um what this word actually means. And then we'll look at it from a more operative sense. And so, Dan, if you don't mind, I kind of put you on the spot there. Yeah, no problem. Uh, yeah. So we, <laughs> we again, we, we you know, it's we have to just not be aware that oftentimes we 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 use what we call anthropomorphic projections on God. We try to impose human constructs. We try to make God in our image, hate and love, and these things. In scriptures, where it says um, you must hate your father and mother, you know, this is this is a Jewish a Semitic concept. 
to 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 is, is where the preference you must you must prefer God before all other relationships. It doesn't mean I hate you, Dad. Therefore, I'm I'm living the gospel. It means I must seek and pursue God in all things. So, in terms of the language, does God hate the demon? God is incapable of hate the way you and I are capable. Hate is a is is a defect. It's, we're, so, God is incapable of hate, but at the same time, God is also incapable of injustice. God God is perfectly just. And so he perfectly respects the free will of the fallen angels, and he allows them to suffer the consequences for them. Does he doesn't hate them um, in the sense that we we have hatred towards our enemies or whatever. Um, so he's is incapable of that. But at the same time, there is some misunderstanding, uh, even among um, some learned theologians that say that um, God loves the demons and God has compassion on the demons. Not not at all. Um, that that God God is the perfect exact of his justice, which is at the same time merciful. It's two sides to the same coin. Um, so anyway, that, that would be my starting point. I'll let Kyle, uh, let Kyle chime in from the cowboy perspective. Dan's precisely right, and, and uh, I knew uh, that's what I like so much about Dan. You know exactly what you're going to get. And uh, he, he, just building upon what he's saying is, is he's God the Father. For those of us who are fathers who have multiple sons, um, we do not love one son more than the other. However, based upon different times in their life and their actions, one son may be more pleasing to us than the other. But mm-hmm. we love them. They are our sons. God loves these creatures, but this love may be both uh, a salve and a strap. Uh, the Father will give you both salutation and a strapping. He'll give you what you deserve through justice, what you merit or don't merit. I think this is a good example in, um, in, in Exodus when God is speaking to Moses and he says, I will make Pharaoh obstinate. It's not that God imposes his will upon Pharaoh. It's just God by his loving, perfect presence and being the true living God. That's what makes Pharaoh obstinate. It is Pharaoh's reaction to God who is unchanging, who is the same, who is constant. There are days when I walk in my home and I look at the eyes of the sacred heart and it is a great solace to me. There are days when I walk into this house and I look at the eyes of the sacred heart and they are convicting. They drive me to my knees. Mm. It's the same eyes. It's the same love. And so I think from a traditional standpoint, um, again, Dan really speaks to the anthropomorphic projection. That's a modernist. That's not in tradition. There are so many things that are allowed by the Vatican, quote, allowed by Rome, that are not consistent with tradition. Um, All types of consecrations and other practices, just because they're allowed does not mean they're good. I'll give you the, the point that communion in the hand is allowed by Rome. It's allowed by the Vatican. The Novus Ordo in all its forms is allowed and even promoted by Rome. Does that make it good? Back to the to the point, does God hate demons? Dan's exactly right. God is God. The demon's reaction to God is one of an apostate creature, and it's going to be adverse. It's not that God acts adversely to them. It's their their action in the presence of the unchanging God is where you get the angst and the adversity. Um, and so it's an accelerant to a flame. That makes uh that was clearly explained by both of you. I think that's uh, for anybody who's listening right now that's been texting. 
Uh, they've got a full orb dancer. Uh, thank you very much. Here's, here's another another principle. Here, here's another principle, just uh, kind of along these lines, though, yeah. is that something something that that Kyle teaches that that is I, we see it again and again in the ministry. The demon becomes take away the love hate our understanding in a human you know human way. Okay. The, the the demon when. When he's afflicting us, God allows multiple purposes uh, for our sanctification, for education, to, for the chastisement of us for our to, uh, for for sins, to allow us to do reparation. Saint Bonaventure gives those four main reasons as why God allows the demon active in our lives. So God is allowing it. So in this, so so the cowboy version that, that Kyle teaches is that the the demon is the instrument of our sanctification, but the other half of that is we become the instrument of God's justice. That through us, God exacts justice upon the diabolic. So, so through us, God punishes the diabolic through our holiness, through our sanctification, through our offering of suffering, through our doing of spiritual judo, uh, um, using our suffering, using all things for not just our sanctification, but to bring grace down upon the earth. Dealing with a case recently, and, and she's suffering certain things um, going through our prayer regimen, and 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 I told her. You know, when you when you get this, here's the judo prayer, another prayer that was written by Kyle and approved by Father. Um, um, in, in the name of Jesus Christ, I'm suffering or, or Lord, I'm suffering this right projections in my head, thoughts, bad thoughts or temptations to this or that back pain, neck pain, whatever. I'm suffering this. If this is not from you and is diabolic in its source, I ask you to send it back to its source with a tenfold blessing. If, however, you want me to carry this cross, I ask you for the grace to carry it. I willfully accept it, and I offer it up for, and then offer it up for someone in your familial construct, offer it up for your children, whatever. And so in this particular case, I said, offer it up for your bishop. When you get a chance, offer it up for your bishop. And the response back a few weeks later was the demon absolutely when I offer my suffering up for my local bishop. This is guerrilla warfare. This is how you drop the knapsack with C4 into the front seat of the general's car and, and bolt out. You know, th this is this is the way you do battle. And so offering of the suffering is absolutely uh, um, uh, very critical. In this way, then, we become the, the, the punishment, the torment of the demon through our holiness, through our likeness of God. Remember, uh, uh, Jesus told St. Faustina, if God could envy, I mean, if, if the angels could envy, which they're capable of envy, if the angels could envy, it would be two things. One, your ability, the envy humans, the ability to receive the Lord, the Eucharistic Lord, to bodily receive God in our bodies and be united with him bodily, number one. Number two, if the angels could envy, they would envy us and our ability to suffer. They, they would envy that, that ability to be so united to the suffering servant, the suffering Messiah, so envious of that, that they, that, that they, would, they would grow in a holy envy of our ability to be able to do that with our bodies because they're disembodied. They're, they're, they're pure spirits. Sorry about the sidetrack. We'll get back no, no, on topic. No. Good stuff. Good stuff. You know what? Yeah. Uh, we're probably going to leave it here because we're not going to th – this next one is a huge question. It's called – Prayer to remove generational spirits. We only got about two minutes. And I know you both of you have a whole lot to say about that because that's a big topic. I mean, uh, the, 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 you have entire seminars in the Catholic Church on, on uh, you know, healing the family tree, which is specifically what they're, they're trying to remove generational spirits. So that's going to be a big topic. We'll, we'll uh, 
pick that up next time we're together. Uh, Kyle, is there any announcements you want to make to anything coming up uh, for Liber Crystal or anything that you want to announce to the audience? Well, I appreciate the opportunity, Jesse. Um, you can look at the Libra Cristo website. Ask, uh, you can submit your inquiries there for more information. We're working on scheduling now for some conferences and for some events this next year uh, with Father. Uh, we'll do another father-son retreat, another mother-daughter retreat. And Father's got a new offering this next year that I think is going to, it's going to be very limited, but I think it's an amazing opportunity to give a gift. Father wants to target newly marrieds yet to have their first child. And so this would be uh, a couple's retreat limited uh, to 10 couples, uh, newly newly marrieds yet to have their first child. And he's going to talk about the spiritual warfare um, aspect of the vocation of marriage, wow. how to build and ensure the integrity uh, of the of the newfound vocation. And so that one is one to really look forward to, along with the mother-daughter and father-son retreats, which all of this would, would be sometime in the June time frame of next year. Then there's some conferences in uh, starting to take shape in February and March, uh, priest exorcist training, general practitioner training. Um, we've got a mental health professionals conference on Thomistic psychology that Father is going to be the keynote speaker and several of the psychologists, psychiatrists that work with the Society of the Most Sorrowful Mother and Libra Cristo will be there. Um, and so these are going to be some some um, very, um, I think, some very powerful events. And as they develop, we will sure keep you apprised. Uh, the, I think they'll probably fill fast. Uh, the venues are limited. And so thank you, Jesse, for that opportunity. You got it. Dan, any, any um, announcements? You know, people are asking about your book. What do you want to tell them? Yeah, well, hopefully it's uh, going to go to the publisher within the next week or so, hopefully. And, uh, and uh, we're doing our general practitioner, which means uh, um, parish priests that want to learn how to do uh, um, safe, what we call, what I call safe handling procedures at the parish level to help their parishioners set up teams at the parish or diocesan level and lay associates that are working with a priest. Uh, that training, hopefully the book will be out by then. We've got our, we've got our training coming. Also the, the BMPR uh, um, conference, I think, is in the spring of next year. So we're doing some training, some other teams across the country and even in Europe. So we've got a lot going on, and uh, and hopefully we'll we'll uh, just keep keep the fight, Charlie Mike. Amen. Thanks a lot, Kyle. Thanks a lot, Dan, for coming on a Wednesday War College. Uh, what a what a blessing to the church you guys are. You've been listening to War College. Uh, hope you hope you enjoyed it like I did. Hey, family. Well, thank you very much for supporting the show. Thank you very much for supporting VMPR. Uh, we love you. Up next, Gary Machuda, hands-on apologetics. He's coming to you from the Midwest Command Center. If you'd like to support the show, go to the go to the full show link at vmpr.org and share it with your friends and evangelize everybody you love. God bless you. Viva Cristo Rey. <laughs>